Whitey Production. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. Yeah. And man, man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. They know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah, and who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. And you gon' learn today, you gon' learn today how your team they play, play, they play, they play, yeah. how they play, boy, you gon' learn today how your team they play, they play, they play, how they play, play, yeah. We represent that swag, that me yag, and let me say, say, what's up to Tennessee, stay, stay, tune into the agency sports lab with Dr. And welcome in to Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, episode 165 uh, of the radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU diaspora and all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small from NAIA to NCAA. We share insights, information on HBCU sports culture and HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU's athletic programs and the business of HBCU Sports. I'm going to be your host tonight, <laughs> a junk professor, Charles Bishop, along with my co-host, Mike Washington. Uh, we got the we got Dr. Dean sitting out there. We're going to bring him in in a second, but we're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to our KCOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Ralph Cooper, in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Mike, welcome in, buddy. What's going on, CB? Glad to be here on the road. Show number 165. I think we're ready. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. You know, Doc Doc is uh, always putting in work. You know, he, he does it for the culture. One of the hardest working men in, in HBCU sports, HBCU business. Uh, and, you know, he's on assignment. And, you know, when, when we're away from uh, actually being uh, in the lab, you know, we, we're normally on assignment doing something for the culture. And, and this is another one of those times, or really one of the first times I can remember ever, <laughs> when, Doc, when Doc hasn't been leading the charge. So we definitely want to uh, bring Dr. DeVille in. Uh, Doc, I, I see you're, you're on assignment. You're, you're doing it for the culture, but uh, you, you still with us out there? As we get Doc set up yeah, over we get out. But get, guess what he don't have? He don't have the microphone, so I could get loose tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he don't have the microphone, so he can't and, come And with the Bluetooth delay, we can cut it that, before you have a chance I heard to that. Just don't think because I'm up here in Nassau, Bahamas, on the side. Now that you hear that, I have Brother Bruce here. He's going to take, take care of me, and he's been taking care of Alan and Joe Clay as we are putting in the extra work for assignment. We're looking at what it will take to bring an HBCU 
um, event here back to Bahamas because there have been the HBCU football class and other games, HBCUs have played down here in the Bahamas. But uh, we're putting in those extra assignments, working with the University of Bahamas, as you know, I've been doing through the years about getting a tripulation agreement done. But when you have the big players like Bruce in here, uh, making sure that we can make the right connections. He already made sure the hospitality was taken care of. I'm not going to tell you some of the back secrets <laughs> of what's going on here. I'm going to let it down for just a minute for you to see that. But I just want y'all to know we're doing our COVID-19 protocol. We're making sure everything's safe. Man, they got double bat zero when you come in here. For United Airlines, making sure you got your test. We tested yesterday, came up negative, so we putting in the work. Uh, hopefully, my reflection – Hasn't come over, y'all, because uh, Bruce has had me out here on the cold, in the water, man. I, I hope they don't got some of the videotapes because your boy got a little excited yesterday. Yeah, yeah, Doc, I see you've been, you know, putting in the work in the Nassau Bahamas. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little envious, but uh, I, I look at you with the shades. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on peas and rice. Yeah. I saw the hey, Bruce, come over here so you can tell the people what's up. He's doing it for the culture. This is Bruce here. Hey, what's happening? Hey, good to see you guys. Hey, hey Bruce, nice, nice. Welcome what's going in. on, Welcome Bruce? In. No doubt. <laughs> Welcome in to Dr. Bills inside HBCU Sports Lab. You know, Doc, we appreciate everything that you are doing in regards to putting in the work on the, on the behalf of HBCU Athletics and to get things up and set up down there in, in the Bahamas, man. That's, that's huge for the culture. Man, it's all good. You know what we do. It's part of y'all. The only reason y'all not on assignment, y'all couldn't take off the extra day and leave. Because you know y'all were trying to be here. Y'all can tell the truth. Y'all can tell the folks that y'all supposed to be on the sand. Oh, y'all got pictures? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. We got pictures. <laughs> y'all gonna make sure folks know this is for real and the truth. Yeah, that's that's what we do. But uh, we putting in a little work, getting it done. But I'm going to let the team have it on. Make sure Neely don't show out today. While I'm gone, I don't. I, I want to take full credit because you know he's gonna come in here representing. We got AD in the background making sure he puts it all together on screen. There, appreciate you, AD, and all the love. Well, y'all hold it down. We finna go make it work. Get into this meeting. Um, Joe and Allen uh, delaying the meeting because they stayed overtime at the cold in terms of at the Atlantis, uh, yep. putting in some extra assignment, getting a little more wet and sun than they're supposed to. But, you know, that's that's what happened when you're in the Bahamas. That's what happened. slow down. Time don't mean anything, man. You're on vacation, man. What you rushing for? I was like, I feel that. Yeah, <laughs> there, you there you go. Not man yeah, Well, Doc, we, man, we appreciate you uh, coming in to hold things down. The host of Dr. Bills inside the HBCU Sports Lab. And uh, we're going to do our best to hold things down while you're out. Man, y'all going to do better than the best. That's what y'all do. Last thing is, I told everybody, COVID-19 is serious. Mask up. Get out there. Get your shots if you can get it. Uh, at the very least, make sure you put on the mask. You know, your boy representing a little bit from the home team, putting on both sides. But uh, throughout the season, you know what we're going to do. We're going to have Mike and Charles pick up some winners of some key games in the week, and then I'm going to mask up based on what they select. So I have all the teams in the SWAC. We would have the other HBCUs, but they haven't done their licensing for that yet. So we'll wait. We'll see if we can get it done. But at least we'll be able to do our part. So appreciate you. No doubt. Thank you, Doc. All right. Take care. All right. Signing off. Well, Mike, looks oh. like uh, we get into 06. it, bro. One nine oh six. <laughs> no doubt hey, about uh, it. Professor Bishop. Yes. Yes, AD. Now that the dean is gone, can we just sign the roll and go on to the house? Yeah, I know. I was yeah. about to say, I know y'all want to do that, but no, we got to have class. We got to have class.
using the sign of rolling. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get into it, Mike. Man, what's going on in HBCU news today, man? Yeah, so much, uh, so many teams starting tra- starting their practices. But uh, as I was sharing with you, I couldn't couldn't look over this one. The highest paid linebacker in NFL history is an HBCU alum, former South Carolina State defensive terror Darius Leonard has signed a re- contract reported at ninety nine. I said in a half. We're gonna call it a ninety nine point two five million dollar extension. So this deal makes him the highest paid linebacker in the NFL, and he comes from an HBCU. It includes $52.5 million in guaranteed money. So congratulations to him. So, uh, and, and, you know, kudos to the Indianapolis Colts organization for, for recognizing him from his talents. But he's done nothing short of make the Pro Bowl last three or four years. Yeah, yeah. You know, rookie year sensation all me act for two years just a little, 10 tackles a game you know little things but uh tremendous player i say that in all sincerity so congratulations to uh darius leonard so and, and you know mike we got a chance to see uh darius leonard before he hit the big time we went to the uh swag me act challenge back when south carolina state came to Baton rouge and, and took on the jaguars and you know, we saw it then. So uh, uh, kudos to Darius Leonard in terms of, of uh, making that – getting the bag, man. That's what it's uh, about. To, the bag. And, that, and that's an awfully big bag. That's, you know, <laughs> I don't think J.J. Watts had that kind of bag. So, you know, kudos to him. No doubt about it, man. What else is going on out there? Yeah, so we had uh, Box Toro <laughs> named their all-pro – uh, fo- we'll call it folks. And you got to, I think my takeaway from the box row, they've been doing this, what, since 2007. And as I, you know, get my stats up, uh, if you look at all of the folks uh, that they've named to their all American list, uh, I think 88% of them are in the swack. Go figure. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, kudos to uh, Box to Roll for recognizing us. This comes in the wake of North Carolina A&T being the only HBCU named to the FCS Top 25. So here you have Box to Roll naming, you know, 25 All-Americans, uh, 88.5% if you're looking at percentages, but who's counting um are you know in the swag. They're, they're looking at the talent in the swag and the fces you can't the fcs top 25 you can't really lie about that i mean north carolina nt has performed really well if you look on social media there were those folks who were crying about it saying you know why is north carolina nt why not j jackson state why not fam you why not why not why not but you know in terms if you look at statistically compared to the FCS, FCS in terms of offensive output, defensive performance, who has had head-to-head matchups with FCS opponents and come out victorious. You got to give North Carolina, you got to tip your hat to North Carolina A&T, but at the same time, you know, tip your hat to Box to Roll for recognizing uh, HBCU talent as well. 
No doubt. Always uh, a shout out to uh, Donald Ware, Box to Row, in terms of uh, putting that poll out there. Uh, it's, a lot, it's a poll that a lot of our, our schools, they put out in terms of, uh, of where they are in regards to uh, uh, their poll ranking. So uh, shout out to Box Row. But, you know, as, as you said, uh, a t they, they've got the job done. They've got a couple wins against FBS opponents. They're getting more recognized by uh, the FCS polls, sort of the quote-unquote mainstream FCS polls. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, a, a lot of fans, you know, I, I think what would be interesting is watching where a lot of our SWAC and MEAC teams are at the end of the season with regards to uh, how they were able to perform. I think this is going to be one of those transformative years. Uh, AD, what do you think, man? Uh, I have to agree with Mike. And when you go back to 2019, the last season, when everybody competed, who was the, and forgive me for sounding like a homer, but the only other team that was in the top 25 was FAMU. Yep. At the end of the uh, season in uh, that stats F- FCS poll. And with FAMU being on probation, they were ineligible to go to the uh, to the Celebration Bowl and uh, any playoffs, which is why A&T was able to leap them because A&T had the extra game, i.e. the Celebration Bowl. Uh, so that's, that's number one. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Alabama A&M at the end of the shortened spring season was in that poll, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So now it's it's going to be interesting, just based on these last two polls, which one of these A&Ms, Alabama or Florida, will, will be the first one to crack the FCS uh, poll, excuse me, the stats, the stats FCS poll representing the SWAC. Or do you put your money on somebody without the initials A&M at the end of their name cracking their poll first? Well, this is an interesting discussion. We're going to have to pick this uh, up a little bit later on in the program. Let's go to our first break, and we'll start getting into a little bit of camp reports from Jackson State and Florida A&M as we get set for the Orange Blossom Classic coming your way September 5th. We'll be right back after these messages. Both of my great-grandfathers have been a part of that study. My roots in environmental health come from my great-grandfathers. They were sharecroppers, and then later they were able to own land for their family for generations to come. My ancestors' connection to the land has given me a strong care for our environment and how that environment influences human health. I am a fierce advocate for equitable treatment for all. The ways in which COVID-19 ravaged Black communities show that we have underlying vulnerabilities when something like a pandemic hits. The path from tragedy to triumph travels along the path of learning. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Get back. 
back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. It's like a loot machine. Inside HBC Sports Lab here on the Black College Sports Network. And we welcome in my comrade from the pregame show covering all things Jackson State Athletics. Neely, welcome in, bro. Hey, man, glad to be here. Good to see Mike Washington. Hadn't seen Mike since uh, Birmingham and so much happened since Swag Media Day. Mike, that feels like it was three years ago, but it was just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it was. It seemed like it was ages ago, but a lot has happened. Folks getting started, so the excitement's building. Yes, sir. No doubt about it. The excitement's building. Uh, Neely, you, myself, and, and you, we've been embedded uh, within Jackson State's practices, man. And I had to bring you on here because there's so many fans asking about what's going on uh, with Jackson State, what's going on with camp. Had to bring you in and kind of give us a little bit of a camp update, your camp observations and everything that you've seen with regards to Jackson State football. Well, you know, again, uh, shout out to Dr. Cavill uh, in his absence. Appreciate being able to join you. You guys, this is a great program for HBCUs. And, uh, you know, you're talking HBCU fall sports, you got to talk football. When you're talking HBCU football, you got to talk Jackson State uh, because that has the Hubble telescope on it right now. You know, everyone is looking and interested and curious to see if uh, these signees, these 12 disciples that came in early, you know, that, in that early signing period, uh, now that they're all here and get to play, people want to see, all right, now, you know, Coach Prime, you had the spring, so what's going to happen this fall? So there's great interest on the program, and the pregame show was honored to be, you know, Coach Prime's designee, if you will, to be embedded in the program and tell their story. So it's been a, it's been a good week, Chuck. been an exciting week to be around. Uh, you know, there's been some up and, ups and downs, as you'd imagine, with any camp situation. You know, guys ride high one day and then have some drop off the next uh, but they're preaching competition, competition, and more competition. Uh, so you're seeing a lot of changes on that big board every other day or so as far as who's going to be the man in that position group. No doubt. I mean, when we kind of start taking a look at it, uh, and we talked about it a little bit on the pregame show, that that depth chart is a, it's a living, breathing thing, but it is so fluid. Uh, it's changing from day to day. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if the, if the depth chart board were outside of the practice field, that new tur- turf 
practice field brought to you by Walmart and <laughs> NFL, I might add. If the, if the depth chart were out there, it would probably change with uh, every other rep or so. That's how stiff the competition is. But there are some people that you would expect, uh, you know, to, to be at the top and near the top. Uh, uh, Niles Gaddy is blowing away uh, that edge rush. Uh, Malik McClain is showing up on that other side. Uh, Jamani Crane on the D-line is turning heads. Uh, some of those things expected. Uh, uh, Keontae Hampton, Hampton at linebacker, uh, you know, and Aubrey Miller linebacker. That, that linebacker core is one of the toughest competitive groups out there. But those two have seemed to rise above and answer the call. Uh, you're getting that same thing with that deep, deep receiving core. Uh, you know, the most decided position already, though, is, is QB1. Shadur Sanders has that uh, locked up. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, is it daddy ball? Is it because his last name is Sanders? Is that why he's out there? But I would invite you to, you know, to look at the film, to look at these first couple of games. You get to see him in action. And I've had the pleasure, as you have, Chuck, to sit in that QB room with him and the other QBs and co-offensive coordinator Michael Pollock. And this guy is not a freshman when it comes uh, to football IQ. Uh, and he's not a freshman when it comes to arm mechanic and getting that ball down the field. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, jump in there, Mike. Yeah, so uh, you, you mentioned uh, Shadour, and I think everyone, that's a foregone statement that he's QB1. Mm-hmm. What changes, if any, have been made on the offensive line? I think we have talked off the cuff about that. Can you share a little bit about that, what they've done to protect him? Uh, depth. Depth and talent. Uh, you know, there's, uh, again, we mentioned that big board in the coach's office. Uh, what you see up there, Mike, is not only – a line of uh, offensive linemen that represent that first group. There's a second group and a third group, and, and there's not much drop-off between the groups. Uh, even right now, uh, the offensive line coach, uh, Marcus, he said, if the game were Miami tomorrow, I don't know who I would have out there because it's not a lot of separation between them. We're trying to get the right, right mix. When last year's uh, line, I say last year, but it was last season, it was just in the spring, it was mm-hmm. hodgepodge. You know, they never had a game with the same offensive line every game, and that was due to attrition and injuries and that kind of thing. You had several linemen have to play multiple positions uh, throughout the season because it was kind of patchwork like a quilt. Uh, but this time around, this fall, uh, you've, you've got three complete units, uh, and, and I think that, you know, uh, Dylan Spencer is leading the way in that first group uh, along with Ch- Chuck's favorite, Big Tony, is out there on that, on that left t- tackle spot big time uh, you know I, yeah great. self-made duke y'all follow him on instagram for some laughs uh but i i think that uh uh you're going to see a a big improvement a, a vast improvement in the talent level of the offensive line mike but also in the depth that there's going to be some rotation subbing in and out with a lot of without a lot of drop off wow wow so so my my next question is a little bit on the other side what's the fanfare the alumni base like i mean you got to imagine the anticipation is up you got to feel yeah. for what that's like i mean i know how it is in southern i've been i've been to those parts here recently i know how it is in tsu and prairie view so what's it like in jackson uh hunger exciting you know people cannot wait for this this kickoff orange blossom classic september 5th uh tomorrow we're 21 days from departure you know chuck i don't count the number of days to the game i count the number of days to the team has to get on that plane yeah. Because that's when that last true work in your home environment take place. So tomorrow will be 21 days uh, before the Tigers head to Miami. And I think the fan base, Mike, is hungry and excited, uh, you know, because of COVID restrictions and trying to keep this team safe. Uh, this is typically the time of year where a program would have had an open practice or had some fans around. 
but everything has been closed off for all the right reasons. And the pregame show has been trying to get that information out, you know, to the fans, updating them on what's going on in practice. But I think it's Mike, it's hunger and excitement and people can't wait. People can't wait to see when this hype matches and the rubber meets the road, because as coach prime said, there at media day, not just in the swag, not just in HBCUs, but in all in college football, this is one team that is expected and has the pressure upon them to not only win, but win right now. And, and you know, Neely, we've been, um, like I mentioned, we've been embedded uh, within practice. I, I know one of the questions that I've uh, had to entertain is, is in regards to the coaching staff itself. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've had an opportunity to be around them and to watch, you know, the sausage get made, so to speak. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's phenomenal to watch. It's phenomenal to watch the, the acumen uh, uh, of the coaching staff in terms of not just teaching technique, but teaching the game itself. You know, Chuck, we live in a, in a world, man, where you have to preface things. Because the minute you say you, you love pizza, somebody say, oh, you don't like chicken. And just because you're saying one thing doesn't mean that you're saying the opposite. So I say that to say this. When I say that I have been very impressed with the teaching aspect of this coaching staff, that's not to suggest that my ball was low or I didn't expect what I'm getting. But to be able to sit in those coaches' meetings with Coach Prime and his staff, to watch them review film in their individual unit meetings, and then to sit in the classroom setting when they're teaching and having players come up to the board and diagram plays and, and take them through where you're supposed to be, that's been the most impressive thing that I've seen with this camp compared to past years being around Jackson State football is that the teaching and coaching level of this staff, it is off the charts, Chuck. The way that they're able to instruct, the way that they're able to break things down to these young men and tell them what these assignments are, what the expectations are, you take it out on the field the next day. But get this, Mike, when they have practice in the morning between 8 a.m. and 10 when the team is out there, all of that is captured in on film. 30 minutes later, the coaches sit down, review the film with Coach Prime, And I think, well, most people, Chuck, and you can be my witness to this, most people will be blown away at his understanding of all the different units. Clearly, he knows where the secondary should be and and what is a good read and a good jump on the ball. But, man, he knows about the offensive line assignments. He knows where the linebackers should be. He's he's talking to the running backs coach about what are we working on today and chiming in on it. So he's responsible over everything and knows a good deal about everything. But those individual coaches, man, they are kicking butt out there with that instruction. No doubt yeah. about it. Uh, yeah. Of course, no doubt about it. <laughs> hey, it, Mike, it ain't Neely and Bishop talking if he doesn't say no doubt about it. And if I don't no say doubt that, about it, I, I that's know it's good, coming. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, that's, that's a good, good point you you bring up. I don't think a lot of people give Coach Coach Prime the credit for really knowing or being a student of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you're going to give his coaches the credit. Um, yes, you're going to give the talent the credit, but for him knowing all aspects of the game, I think, you know, and you please, you, you two know far more than I do. I, I think you'll see a lot more of that this year coming up, just him knowing the X's and O's and knowing the positions, uh, and I'm talking all positions on the field. So, yeah. I, I agree with that, Mike. I was chit-chatting with him, and I said, you know, man, Coach, one of the things that made Johnny Cochran uh, a phenomenal defense attorney is that he spent – a good bit of his career in the prosecutor's office at LA County before he started his own firm, he learned those nuances and coach said, Hey man, you keep in mind now, you know, I played a great deal of receiver and I studied receivers. I would work on that side of the ball 
to help me prepare. And you see him doing that with his own players. You know, they're up there not only diagramming where the receiver's route is, but what they anticipate from the linebacker or from the corner or from the safety. And they're drilling down. It's one of those situations, Mike, where, where you're watching these games. I'm, I'm fast-forwarding. And you're going to know if they were taught that or not. Sometimes you see a player do something you're like, man, what is going on with the coaches? Well, I can tell you, Mike, they ain't taught that. Like, they, they are taught the right <laughs> it is It is classroom intense. There is an emphasis on student yeah. in front of athlete. Uh, yeah. You know, they are working their butts off, not just out there on the field, but the mental aspect and in that film room and learning what those assignments are. And I think Coach Prime's acumen in that regard, as you said, Mike, is totally underestimated and not valued uh, because people just don't know him in that regard, but they're going to see it this fall. Absolutely, without question. So, Well, uh, Neely, you took us right up to halftime. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Can you come back for the third quarter? Hey, man, you know, they called me third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's Bishop, it's Neely, it's Mike Washington Bishop, here on Dr. Mills. Bishop, inside, Neely. Yeah. <laughs> inside the HBCU Sports Lab, we'll be right back. All right. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh. Man, take. Um, can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Two shades. Yeah. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. It's like a loot machine. Sports Lab. We got a, a lively group today <laughs> as we welcome uh, Brian Fulford in from the, uh, the BCSS Sports Rep, OG Strike Zone. Hey, man, welcome, welcome in. Hey, welcome. It's, it's good to be here. Good to come into class. You know, I snuck in in the back door, tried to, tried to hide in the back, and then somebody <laughs> want to ask me a question. Exactly. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Brian, take it, take it from me, man. A, a, a guy that spent a career sitting in the back of the room in class. The key is just the opposite. You want to make eye contact with the professor and raise your hand. He's never going to call on those people. He's calling <laughs> on the people that's looking around. And, you know, so what I do, I look right at Mike Washington. Yeah. And do this. And then I know he won't call on me. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. Great point. Got to remember that. So, uh, well, Brian, man, uh, fam, you, their, their camp is up and rolling, man. We got the Orange Blossom Classic coming up on us quickly, September 5th. How are the Rattlers looking over there on the highest of the seven hills? A lot of excitement in Tallahassee right now. I, I believe day number four finished up today. And, you know, first day in pads after three days of conditioning. So um, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement. Obviously, uh, you know, there, there are serious questions to be uh, asked and evaluated as it relates to the quarterback position. But um, I, I think right now, from what I've heard, uh, Coach Simmons is really just trying to get the tempo uh, of practice and what he wants practice to look like. <laughs> Wait a second. What? Oh, what blood, bl bloodlines have been drawn. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I mean, look, it, it's going to be what it's going to be right now in, in, in Tallahassee. So, you know, fam, you will be ready. They'll be ready for that showdown. Let, let, you know, let me, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I, I know on the defensive side of the ball, there's no question they'll be ready. They brought in enough enough folks to and, and you know Coach Simmons always coaches all phases of the ball. But what 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 is the hearsay on you're hearing that McKay may get the nod as QB one? Is that what you're seeing? Is that what you're hearing? And what's the feeling about his ability to lead this this fam U team? Rashawn McKay for I'm sorry for everyone. Yeah, look, yeah, I mean, really, it's it's all speculation. I mean, the the incumbent, really, and when we say incumbent, I mean, we're talking a guy who, a young man who started one game, won that game, did pretty well, and he came in relief and won one of the biggest games of the year. So, I, I mean, you know, I don't know what, I don't know how much that's like saying I'm, I, I've taken the guy who was my relief pitcher, and all of a sudden now coming into the start of next season, He's my ace number one. It's like the opposite of what John Smokes did for the uh, for the Atlanta Braves. Right. Oh, so, yeah. You know, so so it's uh, it's really you you want to think it's Rashawn McKay's because he's the most experienced guy. But I mean, look, he's been around just as long as Cameron Sapp, who's another name, and he's a redshirt sophomore. Uh, although he doesn't have very many snaps, he wasn't the number. I believe he was my, maybe the number three guy back in 2019. All right. Um, and then another name that's popping up, LeJean Howard, yep. uh, 6'2", redshirt junior. So I I like – on the show the other day when we were doing our show and was talking with, uh, you know, Kofi Hemingway, Kelvin Rozier, uh, I, I, was, I was throwing out the possibility to the guys, could this be like 1998? And 1998, Clam, you went into that season – with three, or Billy Joe went in that season with three quarterbacks. Uh, my, I believe Mike Morano, uh, of course, Pat Bonner, and the second quarterback, I believe Jose Loriano. If I, if my, if my, if my, if my history is correct, obviously we understand the first game of the season was against Hampton. Fam, you lost that game. Well, let me back for for a second. Going in, Billy Joe said he was going to have all three of those guys play a game and start a game. 
Right. So you had one guy starting game one, one game two, one three. It was already sort of determined who was going to do what. At the game, you know, we lost game one, uh, a close game. Mike Morano lost that. Jose Laureano in game two puts up like 84 points on Norfolk State. They just beat the smack out of Norfolk State. But it was Pat Bonner in game three who came in and uh, probably went like 21 of 23, went on to be the mad bomber, become one of the greatest uh, single season quarterbacks in black college football in the MEAC history. And the rest of that season goes down as uh, one of the historic seasons of FAMU football. I'm not saying that this is going to be like that, uh, especially not that opening season loss. We're not going to have that. But um, the fact that you have three quarterbacks starting a season, it, it could happen. I'm not saying it will, but I will not be surprised if it happened. But, you know, Brian, I think one of the questions I want to ask, and we asked Neely with regards to uh, Jackson State's revamped offensive line, but but family made an important hire uh, this past offseason in bringing Ryan, Ryan Stancheck over uh, as a offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator. Uh, but we remember him when he was at Alcorn with those uh, dominant Alcorn. offensive lines yeah. and, and play calling there at Alcorn. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, what uh, FAMU's offensive line could 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 kind of take a look like uh, with the addition of Ryan Stancheck to this coaching staff. I did hear Coach Simmons say that um, the, the the offensive line and being more productive with the running game is something that they want to. They want to be more balanced. They want to be able to running game. I mean, a, a running team. And I think that's only going to balance this offense out. As good as this offense is, and as and as uh, as it's you know high powered as many people think it will be in the air, um, I think there's a lot of excitement in what possibly could happen with the running game. Uh, by my count, uh, Terrell Jennings is the the main returning back from 2019 but at the uh slack media day you know i was talking to keenan forbes and he told me right out the box he said watch out for Jalen mcleod yep he said that and he's a transfer from savannah state 6'2, 230 redshirt junior he told me without a doubt i, I said hey keenan what, what's the offensive mind who, who do we need to look out for he said mcleod Jalen mcleod so you know, if FAMU has two backs between McLeod, Jennings, they have a stronger offensive line. There's an emphasis on the offensive line being being a little nastier up front. I think you're going to get that type of offense that Coach Simmons wants. You know, when we kind of take a look at this Orange Blossom Classic game, uh, there could be points of plenty on the board uh, when you kind of take a look at FAMU's receivers. You talk about Xavier Smith. Chad Hunter and David uh, Manigo, uh, Neely, bring you back in. We've had an opportunity to kind of watch this Jackson State receiving core. Uh, this could be a fun offensive game, uh, especially when you kind of take a look at the potential of the explosive power of both offenses. You know, let me pick up my pen and give a Lee Corso moment to my man <laughs> okay. Brian there. Not so fast, my Not friend. Not so fast, <laughs> uh, Because I, 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 I'm with you, Chuck. I, I think that uh, – Whichever of these three quarterbacks they play, uh, Malik McClain, Niles Gaddy on the other side, uh, Jamani Crane coming off the decent defensive line, and even to the, address the running back issue, we were we were dismal uh, up front on defense last year. Uh, you know, Alabama State and Alabama A&M, their running backs are, are still running right now. 
yep. uh, as far as our, our ability to tackle this spring. And, and the coaches address that. That defensive line is, is much improved. Uh, we have a pass rush now that can make a quarterback move his feet. And that secondary of uh, was strong this spring is going to remain strong. I think this is going to be, you know, uh, immovable object meets irresistible force. Uh, you know, clearly whoever scares, scores, the, excuse me, scores the most points is going to win the game. Uh, but it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, some battles out there as we as we fill each other out and open around like boxers do. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if both schools try to go up top right away just to test out and see can they can they stretch the field. Uh, but that receiving court that Shadour Sanders has, that offensive line that he has is going to offer him the protection. They have speed to get down the, the field. And he's been working, Chuck, this week uh, on getting that ball out quicker. Uh, so I, I look for, you know, some explosive plays that happen uh, from this JSU offense. And to quote Coach Prime now, you know, that 38 special going to shoot. Don't forget about that running back in 38. Uh, uh, Santi back there that said uh, he, he's going to put some yards up this season. What, what uh, and you- they're going to they're get him the ball often and get him the ball early, particularly week one. You're going, going, and going back to the FAMU case in 2019, when they were so-called proclaimed champions, HBCU <laughs> champions, uh, I, I hear Wait, stuff that, in the background. Was that was that was that shade? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, guess who was number two in scoring offense in the MEAC? It was Fam. But guess who was dead last in rushing in the in the MEAC? Yeah, wait for it, wait for it. It was Fam. So mm. I, I, you you hope that they they can have a little bit more balance because they were number two in offense. So that means they were a top-heavy offense. They they lived or died by the past. They did have Ryan Stanley, of course. So you would hope that they have a lot more balance this year coming in to 20 because they're going to need to. These teams are playing a lot more defense. They, uh, you have a lot of teams who have strengthened up their defensive secondaries. So you hopefully you'll see a lot more balance coming from FAMU. And I don't know, and that sounds like what you're alluding to, correct, Brian? Exactly. Look, you you can't, you know, now first off, you know, thanks for being a team player there, Mike. You know, the Black College Sports Network proclaimed Florida (laughs) A&M the champions based on based on uh, analytical information, not people's wishes on what they thought they saw on the field. Because the two teams who were on the field against each other, one team beat the other. But anyway, we we, we gonna move on past that. Um, <laughs> the, the 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 yes, I mean, coach. Oh, go away. The 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 information that coach Coach Simmons recognizes that right now the the weakness was the run game, you know, and and so I, I love the fact that he's out there addressing it. He's addressing it, and uh, I mean, there, there's some big guys. I mean, we got some receivers, some big receivers who can block downfield. Um, think about this: Jeremy Pruitt, transfer from Colorado State, six five, two thirty. I mean, that's a wide receiver. You know, I, I, I'm going to tell you what. As and listen to Neely talk about Jackson State and 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 paying attention to to everything that you guys are doing over at the pregame show. I'm, I'm going to start to try to say, what's the one thing that would surprise me most? Because I, I almost feel like two teams almost mirror images of each other in the sense that you have two, two coaches who want to play up-tempo. They, they, want to, they want to hit the short passes as quickly and let get the ball into your playmaker's hands as quickly as possible. Take advantage of going deep when you can. Pound you after we you know, hit you over the top a couple of times. 
and they want to play good defense up front. I mean, these are going to be two mirror images of each other, and there's a lot of talent. You know that what, – what, I don't know what year was it when you had family uh, – no, no. Um, what did they say? The, the old Miami-Florida State game and how many pros were on the field. What was that, 1988 or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 This yeah. may be a game. I'm calling it now. Let's look back in five years, and when we look back at this game, how many of these young men playing on this field on September 5th? I got that date right, September 5th? Correct. Um, How many of these young men will be playing in the NFL five years from now? I got a – God, I hope. I hope I'm right in saying this. I got a feeling there may be close to a dozen. And I hope I, I hope I don't sound crazy like my, my partner talking about Mississippi Valley State last week, but I hope there were at least about a dozen players that are playing on Sundays from off this game on Sunday. Because when you look at the rosters, Jackson State and FAMU, it is very possible we could be seeing that kind of numbers from this game. Now, you and, that, and that's a very interesting thing that you uh, a road to go down there, Brian, in terms of. And I've kind of talked a little bit about this renaissance uh, that we see with in regards to HBCU football. And we're starting to see, you know, those, you know, three, four star guys migrate their way back to HBCUs. And this game here is kind of uh, a microcosm of what it is I've been talking about in terms of the talent of, you know, Florida a when we last saw them on the field, they brought in one of the best uh, recruiting uh, days, uh, halls, if you will, uh, back in 2019. Now Jackson State has kind of taken on that mantle. But that's a very interesting point in terms of talking about the, the talent that could be on the field in this Orange Blossom class. Exactly. You've got the, the number one recruiting class from 2020, the number one recruiting class from 2021. I, I mean, think about the offenses that we're looking at, the number of transfers that are coming that are going to make contributions in this game. I mean, this this – I've already said this game is going to surpass 50,000. Uh, the last time FAMU and Jackson State played in the OVC, I think it was like 47,000 was a match. This is going well over 50. I mean, you know, I, I hope Miami is taking care of themselves down there because it's going to be a lot of Tigers and Rattlers in Hard Rock. I'm, I, I, would, I would not be shocked to see 60,000 people down at Hard Rock for this game. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what, what, uh, you should hear the banter that's going on on social media. Oh, so, Troy, oh. Troy, Troy, Troy uh, Lamont uh, Coleman, oh, hell no. FAMU <laughs> didn't play with the pressure the other teams played with during their 2019 season, and they lost their game, their last game for the ninth year in a row. Fact. <laughs> uh, Jerome Sutton says they went 9-2. and two. That's a fact, not an opinion. So lots of bad banter going back and forth now that you brought this and put places mantle on the table for us to eat. No, from. you started it. You started it, Mike. I, you're, the, you, you're, you're the one that always likes to slide that in there like like it was some, like some hand-down third-party website that came in and gave them your title. No, we, put, we put numbers. We put analytics behind our stuff, you know? That's, that's right. Hey, watch this. I'm going to put a quick pin in it. I'm going to put Mike on the hot seat. And we, we're talking Orange Blossom class. We're over in the Swag East. But over there listening on the opposite side, you got Alcorn and Southern, Texas Southern and P, PV. Mike, what, 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 what's the Swag West talking about over there? Well, the swag, well, PV started their, their practice. They were turning, what, eight folks on the offensive line. They got uh, nine folks returning on the defense. 
uh, you know, coach has been kind of close vested in terms of who's going to be quarterback. And I won't, I won't even lie. That quarterback's going to be a big question for PV, but all on the defensive side of the ball, there's no question they'll do well. Uh, so coming into the game, they bring in a couple of receivers. Uh, so they're looking really good. The fan base is not, is, is anxious. Uh, and this is his, you know, third, fourth year coming in. He's a smooth dress coach. So we'll we'll see how the Panthers come out and do. <laughs> so uh, the the real question is, P- PB's band wants some love too because they're tired of all of these new bands coming into the swack as well. I I just want to throw a little th- something in there for the so, band. So so Mike, when when you say new bands, you're clearly referring to Johnny Gill joining New Edition. You can't be referring to bands that have been here. You're referring to one of those new bands, right? I'm the- I'm talking to some band who calls himself the the something one hundred and. And that other one in Bethune, you know. We're just here we, to make oh. you go platinum. We're just here to make the album go double platinum. You know, exactly. That's, that's all Johnny Gill did. All Johnny Gill did was come in and make you go double, triple platinum. Man, all, all Johnny all Johnny Gill did was get a life jacket put on his sinking career, man. Knew it. This, this was, <laughs> Johnny Gill was playing lounges. New Edition was playing arenas. And we just we just gave him a stage. So, you know, no. but I will say this, man, in, 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 in all – uh, respect and love for this HBCU space. I do think Brian is spot on as far as what this matchup on September 5th uh, means internally for both programs and globally for the HBCU space. Uh, both of these coaches have done a phenomenal job in, in, in carrying the banner of returning to HBCUs and the HBCUs have a something to say, particularly at FAMU and Tallahassee, Jackson State and Jackson. And now they get this matchup in Miami to showcase this talent on both sides of the ball, on both teams. There is a lot of talent. So I'm with you, Brian. I think, if anything, we may be underestimating when we say a dozen in five years because there are a couple of guys on these teams that will be eligible in this next draft, uh, 2022, because they're coming up on on a senior status. So I I think that it's a bevy of talent out there. And, Chuck, it reminds me of, you know, when you talk about the swag and the parity that used to exist. You know, once upon a time when Jackson State was playing Southern and Baton Rouge, you had Jimmy Smith playing for Jackson State and Aeneas Williams playing for uh, for Southern. You That's had true. that kind of Hall of Fame yeah. and Hall of Fame potential talent on the field at the same time. And I, I'm with you, Brian. I think that both of these coaches are going to prepare these teams to play and to win. It's going to be an exciting game in Miami. And I think that you can write down some names and some numbers and remember, say, I remember those guys battled out back in college, and now here they are in the NFL doing it again. Yeah, I, I, w- I, would, I would also like to bookmark that and say – I hate to say it, but Southern looks awfully good. Um, I talked to a friend of mine in Baton Rouge. They've had their practice. Ladarius Skelton came in. He's lost some pounds. He looked really good. Of course, everybody looks good on their first couple of days of practice. But mm-hmm. from what I hear, they've had practices before the practices. This is Jason Co- Jason Rollins, I'm sorry, his chance to bring a team, you know, that is has a plethora of talent. And remember, they finished really strong in the spring. They started off slow with a. They had that loss to Pine Bluff, and I would argue that they have just as much talent on their team on the west side of the ball as any of the other teams in the east. No so doubt. I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, Dawson Odoms he he left the cupboard full, uh, so Southern will be right there in the mix. UAPB is um, they they weren't picked to do much in the Swag West, and they're telling everybody we ain't going nowhere. We're playing in the Swag Championship game, and. Alabama and M, you know, they <laughs> they are the reigning swag champion from the swag uh, from the spring. So uh, this promises to be uh, a tremendous year. 
And, you know, Neely, you and I, we talk about it constantly on the pregame show. Vaccine, backs up, mask up. Uh, yep. It is our path forward. Uh, if we want to watch our HBCU teams get out there on the field this fall and protect everybody, it's so important. Yeah, yeah uh, Chuck, uh, that, that has to be just underscored, emphasized, bold, italicized, that we have not reached anywhere near our vaccination numbers in our community. And when I mean our community, I'm talking about black folks. I'm talking about HBCUs. I'm talking about these college campus and towns and cities that these schools are, are home to. We've got to do a better job of getting the word out. I tell people all the time, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Ask questions, get the right information. But the path forward, the only way out of this is vaccination. And to people who are saying, well, Neely, if you get the vaccine, you can still get it. Well, the vaccine is about 90% and that 10% you still can. But the most important thing is that the vaccine keeps you out of the hospital and keeps you out of the graveyard. So this is not about trying to come up with a 100% solution. This is about skewing the odds and the data in our favor so that black people can literally live. This is a life and death situation. And there are long-term, long-term health ramifications uh, from having COVID, even if you survive it. Because, you know, people are looking at the survivability rate. Oh, you know, this small percentage of people are all that's dying. Well, what if that small percentage was your grandmother or your child? Because now the Delta variant is picking up amongst children. We can travel safely. We can attend events safely. We can gather and, and mask and social distance safely, but that hinges on a significant portion of the population being vaccinated. And and just that, add, yeah. fellas, let's take let's take a uh, our last break. We we oh, behind okay. and we can go into some overtime. Gotcha. Okay, that sounds like a plan. We'll be right back here on the Black College Sports Network. Appreciate it, Ad. You man. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for mental health and other resources. Call 211 or visit 211.org. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Uh, as we get ready to close up uh, today, a very spirited discussion, guys. I mean, you brought the heat. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Any parting shots uh, from the Rattlers? I Look, this is uh, – this is a – you know how great – I know how great a year this is going to be. When I hear guys like you, uh, Charles, Mike, Neely, guys, you've you've been in the SWAC. You've lived the SWAC. You've been in it for years. 
Then when I hear guys like Carlos Brown and Charles Edmond, I, I mean, when I hear all of those people who've been in the SWAC 20, 30 years plus talk about how exciting this is and how exciting this season is and the buzz surrounding this season, we are in for a special year. And I'm, I'm, I'm beyond ecstatic that my alma mater at Florida A&M gets to be a part of it. I'm happy that, you know, Bethune-Cookman comes in to add some drama and, and add just a little bit of uh, spice to the mix, you know, so when we end that streak, it'll be that much sweeter. Um, so, I mean, look, th- this is going to be a great season, and, and I think we're on the verge of a great game. I mean, I'm really, truly excited, and, and I think we just have to continue to share the history of what's in front of us, because there are a lot of people who don't know. I, I honestly, I've been so ingrained in, and not just because we do this, but I've been so focused on this HBCU football. I mean, it's been two years for a lot of programs. Um, I don't even know what's going on over on the other side. You know what, what the FBS and the, and the F and the other side, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> My other, my other team, the team in the state where I grew up, I have no idea what's going on with them. And you, and those who know me will know. I usually can tell you. So I have no idea what's going on. I am so hands in on this that yeah. I, this is this yeah. is going to be a special season, guys. So um, we're honored to be a part of it. Um, you know, shout out to to my guys on the ONG Strike Zone. We're we're a few episodes in, trying to bring some coverage of Florida A and M University athletics. Uh, you know, in the same way. Uh, you guys are doing uh, over at the pregame what Mike and you guys are doing over there for preview, just trying to bring in a little focused uh, attention to all of those programs within our beloved universities. Um, and thank you to all you guys, you know, part of being able to uh, to, to be a part and grow this uh, black college sports network thing. Uh, we've got the BCSN pod zone. So for those people who want to just get all of the shows in one nice pot, and you can just, if you're riding two hours to work or wherever you got to go, you can go from one show to the next show. And it's just all there in one big gumbo. But but just like and support, uh, you know, share this, this thing, this thing that we're cooking. Share it with somebody. Even if it's one or two people a day, just share, like, subscribe, be a part of this community. And, uh, we, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you guys uh, for being a part of this. And I'm, it's, I'm looking forward to a great year. I appreciate that, Brian. Neely, parting words from the Jackson State side. Yes, sir, man. Coming from 1400 Lynch Street, I just want to give a shout out to all the HBCUs out there in this space. I think Brian is spot on with that, that this is a time to put the focus on us us all. It's not just about Jackson State. We're doing our thing. and We're building and growing this brand and harnessing this energy. Uh, But it means nothing if it's just us. Uh, So we're all in on this Black College Sports Network. Wish the best to Dr. Cavill inside the sports lab. Uh, Mike coming out of Prairie View and, of course, the OG strike zone and, and the things that they're doing and beginning to do because this is a rising tide that's going to lift all boats. Uh, in that vein, as we support each other, have to say out there to our JSU listeners tonight and to all in the HBCU space, on uh, this Friday, uh, the 13th, we're having the JSU Day of Giving where we challenge all supporters. Yeah. I don't care if it's a dollar or $100, we'll take 10000 too. Make a contribution to Jackson State University on this Friday for the JSU Day of Giving. Also give a heads up that on August 29th, uh, and you'll like this one, Brian, because it's leading right into when we face you guys down in Miami, will be Coach Prime, which is the title of the Barstool docuseries uh, that was filmed on the spring season. Chuck and I have had the opportunity 
to watch a couple of those episodes. There are six episodes that are going to run uh, over four nights uh, consecutively, 7 p.m. Eastern on Barstool and streaming out on all their content on YouTube. And then that last night, which is Wednesday, September 1st, two episodes back to back. So, man, the pregame show is so excited. Uh, to be on with uh, Dr. Gaville inside the Sports Lab on this episode. Uh, also excited for all the love that's being shown. And I just, again, will echo what Brian said. Oftentimes we, we wonder, well, what can I do to help, you know, a black business? What can I do to help someone's trying to grow a brand? And this social media age is real simple. Like it, share it, comment on it, drive those algorithms up because that's what drives advertisers. And all these programs are giving back to their institutions. Uh, so same thing with our players, our student athletes now with name, image, and likeness. You can simply just like their Instagram page, follow their Instagram page, and it helps them build their brand up. And this is about everybody. It's not just about Prairie View. It's not just about FAMU or Jackson State. It's about this HBCU space. So hats off to you guys, Chuck and Mike, and the work you're doing, Dr. Gaville. And Brian, wish you guys the best of luck in the OG strike zone, except for on September 5th. But after that, man, good luck again. <laughs> Appreciate that, Neely. That is my brother, my comrade from the pregame show. Uh, Mike, I tell you what, man, spirit of class tonight, man. We ran I, a little bit over. Man, I'm telling you, but hey, it was worth it. Sometimes church got to run over. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes church runs over a little bit, but we definitely we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Gills inside the HBCU Sports hey, Lab. Chuck. Yo. Hey, Charles. Before you do it, we, we didn't – the most important thing, want to wish a happy birthday to my compadre, Charles Bishop. Yes. yes. Happy birthday, hey. Charles. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Uh, uh, very good birthday, man. I, I really appreciate all the love that's been shown to me uh, via uh, – DMs, texts, calls. Uh, we really shared a lot of laughs. Well, not the DMs. Don't tell on yourself, Chuck. Not the DMs. <laughs> Hold, on. Hold on. They were respectable DMs. That's uh, respectable hey, hey, Chuck, DMs. Send, me the, send me the disrespectable ones here. <laughs> I ain't married. I tell you, I, I vent those, I vet those uh, for you, Chuck, and see what's going on. You don't need to I'll involved. let you vet those for me, yeah. <laughs> But definitely be sure to catch us uh, this Thursday as we'll come back for another class here on Dr. Bill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We look forward to seeing you on Thursday as we will discuss the latest news around the HBCU stratosphere. For Charles Bishop, my co-host Mike Washington, and the Dean, Dr. Cavill, we'll see you on Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night.